Before I begin with my sermon, uh, just like the last time I was here, the lectionary readings that our church is on is different from yours, so I'm actually preaching on a different gospel lesson than what we've heard for today. So I would just like to share that with you this evening before, we, uh, before I begin uh, with this sermon. So I'd like to read for you John chapter 6, uh, beginning with verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near, where the place, uh, near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Then when they, found him, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will, grieve you, uh, will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. The Lord be with you. And also Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the bread of life for us. Empower us through the hearing of your word to eat this bread in faith, that we might do your work and believe in the one you have sent. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in the lesson that I read for you for today, we heard about something that I think we probably rarely see in our world today, we see people actively seeking out Jesus where he is. There was a whole crowd, in fact, that wanted to find Jesus. The crowd was the same one, in fact, that had uh, been the recipients of that great and memorable miracle that Jesus performed, the feeding of the 5,000. The crowd had stayed where they were overnight after Jesus had fed them, and the next day when they got up, Jesus and his disciples were gone. Now they had seen Jesus send his disciples across the lake uh, beforehand in a boat, and there was only one boat on the shore, but Jesus also was not there, and they did not see him go away. Jesus, in fact, had walked across to the water on the lake out to his disciples as they were struggling against the wind and the waves. 
And so, yes, this crowd began actively seeking Jesus, and so some boats came from Tiberias, the scriptures say, and the, the crowd got into these boats and went across the lake to find Jesus and his disciples. They did seek after Jesus, but as Jesus himself tells them, they were not seeking him for the right reasons. They did not follow Jesus because they were thinking they were in need of forgiveness or salvation. Rather, Jesus says they were seeking him for another reason. He said they weren't even seeking him because they had seen the miracle that he had done multiplying the loaves and the fish. No, the people had followed him because they had filled their bellies with the food that Jesus had given them. In other words, Jesus gave them a free dinner, and they wanted Jesus to feed them again. The people themselves essentially admit that this is true, even though Jesus, uh, even though they had seen Jesus perform this great miracle the day before, they ask him to do another miracle. And they even have the audacity to tell Jesus just what kind of miracle he should perform. They said, quoting uh, the Old Testament, Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Remember when the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness for those 40 years before they entered into the promised land, God had given them the manna from heaven, the bread that fed them every day as they wandered. They did not have to look for this bread or work for it. Instead, they received it directly from God. And so the crowd at Jesus' time was basically telling Jesus that they wanted Jesus to do the same thing. They wanted Jesus to feed them so they could eat without cost and that they would not need to work for food anymore. What the people were looking for was an easy answer to their physical needs. They did not understand or perhaps did not care about who Jesus really was or uh, did not care about the greater gifts that Jesus had come to give to them. It's easy to see the similarities between the people of this crowd and the people of today. It's true in our world, there seems to be far fewer people seeking Jesus and what he has to offer. Most people reject Jesus outright or at least are indifferent towards him. For those who do seek Jesus, they often look in the wrong place. They look for Jesus in their own mind or in their own heart or they look for Jesus in the places that they already enjoy being. So when they do encounter Jesus, they encounter a Jesus that agrees with what they already know or what they already believe, a Jesus of their own invention. Jesus already believes what they like to believe, and so they've not found the true Jesus. But many people do look for Jesus where he truly can be found. And of course, the main place that we find Jesus today is in his church. Church is where Jesus truly promises to be. Wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he is also. That is truly his church. 
Whether it is only two or three, or whether it is 40 or 100 or 1,000, People seek Jesus where he truly is in his church, where his word can be heard and his sacraments received. But sadly, people often also seek Jesus for the same reason the people in that crowd on that day looked for him. They seek him not because of who he really is or what he truly offers, but to fulfill their personally felt needs. So on that day, the crowd sought Jesus because they wanted to be fed with physical food. And today, people still come to the church primarily for that reason, to perhaps be fed uh, a meal or to receive some kind of uh, help with uh, physical needs. And it's not wrong to seek the aid of the generosity of the church in that regard. But at the same time, often people seek the church solely for this reason and not for what Jesus truly has to offer, that he is truly their savior. And people might also seek the church for something like entertainment. They care perhaps more about music or other kinds of fun activities than about receiving spiritual care or the love of Christ. For some, church is a place merely to have fun, and hearing the word of God is secondary. People also come to church perhaps so they could feel better about themselves. What this ends up being or looking like is that they want their egos to be stroked or their lifestyle choices affirmed or reinforced. To that crowd, Jesus would never contradict their own personal choices or ideologies. That's the Jesus that already agrees with everything that they believe. And now the temptation to seek the church that meets my physical or my emotional or ideological needs does not merely plague this or that demographic, but in fact it is truly a temptation that every one of us feels according to our sinful nature. In our sinful nature, we make our own personal or egotistical needs more important than the real reasons that we need Jesus, which is that he offers us forgiveness and life, indeed eternal life and salvation. When we put our worldly needs before our need for Jesus and his word, the church really begins to look more like an entertainment center than it does as a holy hospital for sinners who need forgiveness. And so when we make things like food or fun or music or motivational speaking the main thing in the church, then we end up like the people who found Jesus on the shore that day. They were so enamored with their worldly needs that they look up one day and they see Jesus and they ask the question that they asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? When we're so busy doing our own thing, we maybe notice the cross one day. We say, oh, Jesus is here all along, I guess. But in the church, we must be careful that no matter why people come, no matter what their personal felt needs are, that we do not make personal preferences the main thing, but that we recognize the greater need that every person has, the need for the forgiveness and salvation won by Jesus in his life, 
in his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. Jesus and his word and his sacraments must always be the main thing for us, for these are the gifts that Jesus gives us to truly and finally fulfill our true needs. Now, the people who came to Jesus that day on the other side of the lake had their priorities mixed up when they asked Jesus to feed their stomachs. But they did get one thing right. They sought out Jesus to receive good things from him. And Jesus truly does offer us many good things. Jesus responded to their needs, not to the need that they thought that they had to be fed for a day, but no, he responded instead to the need that he knew they truly had, their deeper need. And Jesus told them, do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And so the pe people naturally responded to this uh, statement from Jesus. They said, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And their attitude illuminates another reason why people seek out the church, and that is that they want the church to fix their problems. And many churches indulge this desire and again make the mistake of making that the main thing. So people want to know the 12 steps to a better marriage or the five easy things to do to live a healthy life or perhaps uh, some easy kind of formula to follow in order to please God. And in fact, the church does indeed have a lot to say about life and how we can live out our vocations in a healthy and holy manner. And even to the people in Jesus' day, God had given his will and his instructions to how to live, how to live a holy and pleasing life to him. He gave them the Ten Commandments and many, many other laws. However, when we look at ourselves, we see that even when we hear the easy steps, the 12 steps or the five laws or even the 10 commandments, it doesn't take long for us to realize how horribly we fail at these things. And so when the people ask, what must we do to do the works that God requires? Jesus knows that that's not the real question that they need to ask. It's not the question, what does God want me to do? They've already heard that many, many times, and they've failed at it many, many times. The real question that they need to answer is this, how can I, a sinner, one who has already failed, be restored to a right relationship with God again? And Jesus gives them the answer to that question, the question they should be asking, the answer to what they really need, and it's the only answer to the problem that they have, and each one of us has, the problem of sin and guilt. Jesus says this, he says, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. In other words, what Jesus says is, I am the answer to your needs. Believe in me. And this is the same message that Jesus proclaims week in and week out in our church, church today. No matter what we think we need, what we really need is Jesus himself. Jesus says, you want to know what to do to please God? Trust in the work that I have already done. 
I have lived the perfect life according to God's will on your behalf. Where you deserve death because of sin, I have died in your place, the death on the cross. Where you and your life are destined for death, I have risen from the grave that you might be raised also. Believe in me, Jesus says, for I have already accomplished all that is necessary to fulfill your every need. And so the people came looking that day for the bread that would feed them for a short time. And we're tempted to come to the church looking for solutions to our temporary problems. And the church does indeed care for people in their physical and emotional needs. But Jesus goes far beyond that. Jesus does so much more for us. Jesus feeds the food that sustains us to eternal life. He feeds us the bread of forgiveness and the cup of salvation. He feeds us his own body and blood. Jesus fulfills every one of our needs and our greatest needs, and he fulfills those for us here today, for this is the food that we truly need. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.